0: Everyone, welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise, and I'm your other host, Jen Otero. Mercy Talk is presented to you by Mercy Multiplied, a nonprofit Christian organization that is committed to seeing hope restored and lives transformed through the love and power of Christ. Since 1983, Mercy has helped thousands of young women break free from life-controlling behaviors and struggles through our free-of-charge, biblically-based
1: residential program. That's right. And Mercy's outreach activities are designed to educate, equip, and empower men and women of all ages to live free and to stay free. So on Mercy Talk, we want to tackle real-life issues and everyday struggles that affect our lives by applying the same biblically-based principles of freedom that we've seen effectively change lives for 35 years.
0: To find out more, go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Well, last week, we started a new discussion on the topic of heartache and suffering. Yes, we did. A very lighthearted topic we're tackling this <laughs> yes. month. Um, but this topic was based on... An email that we had gotten from one of our Mercy Talk listeners, Maria, and she had shared, you know, just some recent heartache that she was walking through and had asked if we could do a series on this. And I mean, even just after last Mm week's, we were just like, man why have we not done this before, right. you know? Um, and we both shared some of the own, our own personal experiences we've been walking through lately. Um, and just even, I, I think you and I've noted like how many people that we know That's right. who are just walking through some of the darkest, hardest days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just really, in a weird way, looking forward to talking about this um, just because we know how how much it's hitting close to home for some people. And last week we kind of discussed what, heartache is, you know, Mm -hmm. even some of the physical things that we can experience from heartache, what the process of that looks like, the importance of walking through that process and not trying to avoid it. You know, we really hit on quite a bit that was just foundational. So as we always do, we encourage you if you're just now joining us to make sure that you go back and listen to last week's as well. um, And this is a whole four week series that we're doing on this.
1: So yeah, um, and it will continue to build. So we encourage you to kind of start from the beginning. So really, we want to just make sure that at the start of this, that everyone one knows that really at Mercy Talk our heart is really to hit on I mean, some hard things that we're not afraid to kind of launch in Mm -hmm. and to discuss the things that are difficult, but we always want to make sure that we're doing that from a very biblical perspective, um, from an experiential place that's based in truth, Um, but really allowing it to be meaningful and challenging time. And so we have talked about lots and lots of challenging things, but I think this is as we've kind of come into this series and this discussion, we've been very prayerful. We've spent a lot of time researching and getting into the word because we want to make sure that what we're sharing and we're discussing is based in truth, but we're also not going to be afraid to kind of launch in. And we acknowledge that some of the things that we're going to be discussing today sometimes is kind of tiptoed around by believers Mm -hmm. because it's not easy. It can kind of sometimes bring up a lot of the philosophical um, discussions and challenges, Um, but it's important because Mm -hmm on this life and in this life we will all every single one of us will face suffering Jesus actually promises that in the word isn't that exciting but I think so often because we don't go into these topics and conversations we can kind of be left not knowing how to really address it for ourselves and or when we're faced with someone that's suffering, we don't always say the most helpful things. You even mentioned that last week, Mel, that we're not going to be talking about kind of the churchy stickers today. Right. We really want to just kind of dive into what this really looks like and what the word says and what the Lord has shown us um, about what suffering is about and mm-hmm. why he allows it, Mm -hmm. why it's something that comes into our lives. And so we are glad that you have joined us and we're excited to kind of see where this goes.
0: You know, I'm thinking through, even as you've said that, how in the early days, what I shared last week was that, um, back in February of this year, my husband and I, um, we had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and I remember in some of those immediate days following, and I think I even said this to you one day, Jen, if there are if there are doubts that you have mm-hmm. um, or questions that have not really ever been addressed or looked at right, the enemy will use suffering right. to rise those up and then he'll start telling you all kinds of junk mm-hmm. in relation to those doubts and questions it's like they can kind of sit dormant when life is all good and fine, but when something hard hits, right. that stuff that you're unsure about, that's when he just pounces on it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, what are you gonna do about this now? Yep. Right? And so one of the biggest questions that comes up that we're gonna really just start diving into today is really why does God allow suffering and pain? How could God allow this to happen to me? If he's a good mm-hmm. and loving God, which is what scripture says he is, how could he allow pain and suffering how could he allow it bad things to happen to good people right right. you know how how could a loving God do that and that is one of the first things that you know I mean people were you know sometimes sharing scriptures with me that I was like okay yes I know all things work for the good Mm -hmm. I know that God is close to the brokenhearted like these are good things but really what my question in my heart is right now is like how could he do this to us and so like you said if we don't ever address this in the good days or the hard days, mm-hmm. if we don't ever tackle this question, which I do think there's a lot of people within the church and believers that are just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Right. It's just hard. Life's hard. Let's not go there. Um, man, then when the day comes and you're faced with that, it could go, it could go, it could go a little bonkers for you. And mm-hmm. so we want to tackle
1: that today. Um, As best we can. Yeah. Yeah. And what you see then, and you nailed it, Mel, is that when we haven't addressed these questions and we hit a really hard season, what can happen is then we're left in a position of going if you are a good God and you allowed this, then maybe you're not a good God Mm -hmm. and maybe I can't trust you. Mm -hmm. And then what you see is people turning from relationship with Mm -hmm. God, people turning from the church, turning from relationship with him because they they didn't have a space to ask these questions and to really get to a place of truth. And there may even be listeners right now who have family members, or maybe you yourself have started to turn from God because you're like, I cannot come to an understanding of how what the word says of God is true if this has come into my life and yep. so we want to encourage you to keep listening because this is stuff we walk through ourselves as a counselor I've had this conversation many 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 times mm-hmm. and it's such a valid question yep. that's why we're diving right in and so we want to start off with really important truth that I often find myself saying in sessions and even to myself and that is this is God is not afraid of your questions yep. Now, that may be like, yes, I know he's not afraid. But I think what can often happen for some folks I've seen, especially if you're raised in the church, in certain church sectors, or you've been raised to believe that God... Maybe isn't as good, but he also has that lightning bolt kind of thing where there's this fear and intrepidation of God that it would be somehow um, dishonoring or disrespectful to begin to question him in any way. Mm -hmm. What that can do is shut down our very ability to connect with him heart to heart and ask the hard questions where then the good and the truthful answers come. But if we don't have a space where we have permission to ask those questions or permission to kind of shake our fist and be angry and to share emotions and to pour out whatever we're feeling, we can get really, really stuck. Mm -hmm. And then what we're left with is a lot sometimes of okay answers from people who are in the church. But if we never connect with the very God that we need to connect with for his answers or for his truth, we can get really, really stuck. Mm -hmm. And sometimes some of those, we'll just refer to them as the church stickers, can be thrown out and there is no power and there is no truth in those things. And we're left just going, okay, um, there's so much question and confusion and really onslaught of the enemy that comes in, that can really take us out yeah. in a lot of ways that has nothing to do with the original suffering and difficulty. And so we want to just make sure that folks know from the beginning that for whatever it's worth, you have permission to ask those hard questions. You have permission to ask those hard questions of the people around you, if you can trust them. You have permission to ask those hard questions of God and to get into his word, but to really know at the beginning of this conversation, that's where going through it begins. Yeah is not isolating and not turning in but going, gosh, I have some questions to ask and I'm really going to look at this and I think of just a couple years ago I think it was right around the time that my daughter was diagnosed with some things that we've been walking through. I remember just asking those questions and being like, Lord, I don't, this is hard. I don't understand why you've allowed this, why this is something that's come into her 10-year-old life that she may very genuinely have to work through perhaps the rest of her life. Like this is this is big, hard stuff. And I remember him showing me, he's like, you know what, daughter, it's why do you think I came to earth? And this was Jesus. And I said, well, of course you came to earth to die and to be raised, of course, all the <laughs> churchians He's like, yes, that absolutely is part of it. But do you understand that I also came to earth so that I can honestly tell you that I understand? Mm -hmm. That I don't just understand conceptually what you're walking through from my throne in heaven because I'm God and I'm all-knowing. But Mm -hmm. I literally chose to walk in flesh on the very earth that you're walking on. And I experienced everything, whether it was in my personal story or the word says that he experienced everything on the cross that we could walk through. He has experienced it, that he has an understanding that I think sometimes we can get disconnected from in our religion and in our understanding of God and forget the fact that when Jesus says he understands, he understands. Mm -hmm. And so there is such a compassion for us, um, especially in the questioning and in the difficulty and the suffering. And so coming at him in a place of, Lord, I am asking the hard questions because I believe and understand that you understand Mm -hmm. and that you're coming back at me with an answer from a place of compassion and truth. Mm -hmm. And so you have permission, ask the questions and start really engaging in the midst of of your suffering yeah. and heartache
0: well and I'll I'll take that maybe one step further yes, please because I as someone who has been raised in the church and mm-hmm. has you know kind of heard um I had heard that it's okay to be angry at God right it's okay to ask questions of God I'd always believed that I'd always known that and I'm thankful that before I even walked through mm-hmm. a hard journey I knew the truth that I could do those things right um I think for me, it was like, I'm too scared to do it, right, for myself. Mm -hmm, I know God's not scared of my questions or my anger. I'm scared of my questions and anger right Mm -hmm. now because the enemy for sure came in and was like, oh my goodness, he was just running rampant, throwing stuff in my mind, and and I was scared of that. Like, I was like, what's going on with me? And I remember reading, um, there's a fantastic book out there um, by... The, the author is Jennifer Rothschild, mm-hmm. and um, she actually, I, I can't remember if, I think she was a teenager when she went um, blind. I think so, yeah. And, and has suffered with blindness now for her whole adult life, um, and so she wrote this book called God is Just Not Fair, mm-hmm. and um, it's its a doozy, and yeah. I will tell you that... Um, you know, this book might not be one you want to read till you're kind of ready for a little bit of a kick in the backside because it's kind of like, okay, all right, now here's what's true, mm-hmm. okay, and um, so it might not be the best book like all the day after you find out heartbreaking news or something, right. but um, but man, it's so so helpful and so full of biblical truth, and I'm just gonna read a little section that resonated with me and when I was just almost fearing like, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Where did my faith go? That kind of thing. Um, She said, we all have a blanket of faith. It's woven together from the strands of what we believe about God and what we've experienced in our relationship with him. We wrap ourselves in this blanket and it helps us to feel protected and comforted. But then life happens and it tears a big hole in our blanket of faith. We feel exposed and we feel insecure. We wonder if our faith will really be enough to protect and comfort us. Every heartache we endure raises difficult questions and each question has the potential to tear a new hole in our blanket of faith. The very faith we had hoped would shelter and comfort us suddenly feels inadequate and leaves us feeling even more vulnerable to the harsh winds of sorrow and fear. And then she goes on on later and says, answers are not Answers are not what mend the holes in our blankets of faith. answers are not what will get you through your tough times yeah. but you should still ask the questions and you know I just as I read that it was just so like it resonated with me I'm like yes I've had this blanket of faith that I thought was so firm and secure not going anywhere and this news that mm-hmm. we received about losing a baby teared a big old hole in my blanket Yeah. and then as those questions started coming up it felt like more holes were getting formed and I was like I don't even nothing is covering me anymore mm-hmm. um, and so just this idea that you know the holes can come from so many different places for Maria the one who wrote in about this this topic it was a breakup for other people it's a loss Um, for for others it's you know abuse or neglect or rejection and um, for me it was a miscarriage for you it was a health Mm -hmm. um, concern for your daughter a diagnosis for your daughter and so it can come from so many different places but Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's not answers that are going to mend our blankets. It literally is just Jesus. And that's not a nice churchy answer. It's true. Mm -hmm. Answers don't really do us a whole lot of good. We may
1: want the answers, but at the end of the day, there's only one who can actually
0: mend that blanket back to wholeness.
1: And really when you break it down, so let's kind of get in our heads about this for a minute, is that suffering and difficulty come in one of three ways. The first one is that some suffering I mean, really at the end of the day is just demonic in nature. It's There's demonic oppression that oppresses us, mm-hmm. breaks us down, and it's completely um, an assignment of the enemy. The next one is that some of our suffering is because of sins of others or their rebellion against God or, and sometimes it's our own, that there are choices that are made by other people or sometimes by ourselves that bring in this heartache and the yep. suffering. And really sometimes it's the fact that we suffer because the world is just broken. Mm-hmm. The world is fallen. It's fractured. It's not as God designed it to be. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that there's different ways that this can come into our lives and that... that while that doesn't always answer all the questions, there is just this reality that this is the different ways that suffering and heartache comes in. Sometimes it's demonic. Sometimes it's other people's choices. Sometimes it's our choices. And sometimes it's just the fact that we live in a fallen world Yeah. and things are not in the design, the creative design that God desired for it to be at the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. That it's just the world that we live in in this state. And that's just where these things can kind of come in from.
0: And what you'll notice is that in none of those three ways that you mentioned Mm -hmm. is it that god caused it that's right and i understand that this can be a little bit of a sticking point for some people and Mm -hmm. this is where there's gonna be some theological debate around this um but we believe um that scripture says that you know in first john 1 5 god is light and in him there is no darkness that's right and Ephesians 6:12 is very clear that Satan is the ruler of this dark world. And so Scripture is pretty clear that evil does not originate from God. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I even sometimes think about like, how did God originally create the world? He created the world with no pain and no suffering and all good and all light. That was his original intent Mm -hmm. for the world. And and because of the choices of mankind and because of the enemy, that is not our experience now. That's right. But it's never changed what his desire is Mm -hmm. for his people. His desire and our ultimate destination is a place of no pain and no heartache and no suffering. So he's not going to cause pain and suffering. Is he allowing pain and suffering in our experience on earth today? Yes, Mm -hmm. that is very, very true. And I will say that 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 was a huge moment for me. When I look back at significant moments after our miscarriage, I remember actually driving into my driveway after we had just found out and I had been in my car by myself, my husband and I had taken two cars because we thought we were both going to be going to work after that and that did not happen. So we're right. in two separate cars going home and when I got by myself in the car, that's when I unleashed mm-hmm. and I was scream crying, Yeah. why, 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 it was just over and over and over and I remember pulling into our driveway and I got a text from our pastor's wife mm. and she said something. This is where I get a little bit emotional, but she said, God is weeping with you. Yeah. And and I, you know, that, that can sound cliche and I think sometimes when you're, you're um, responding to someone who's walking through a dark place, it just, fe- everything you can think of to say just feels so cliche. But it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment because I had to be reminded God didn't kill our baby. That's right. God wasn't like, I want this baby to die. He allowed that to happen, and that was something I was going to need to grapple with a little bit in the coming weeks, but he didn't want that to happen. That's right, Mom. And so, that was really, really important for me to know that he was broken and weeping with us. He wasn't looking up like, yep, that just happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No, he was broken and sad with us in that moment. Um, and so, all suffering, regardless of where it falls, it's going to seek to destroy it, but it does all ultimately serve his purposes. He doesn't cause it, mm-hmm. but he uses it for his glory and for our joy. And and this is where... I understand if you're in the throes of darkness and suffering right now, this is where you're like, okay, no, no, no. I am i don't want to hear that right now. I don't want right. to hear about how God's going to use this for good stuff. This is for the glory of God. Nope, I don't want to hear any of that right now. You may want to just shut this off. But I encourage you to stick with us mm-hmm. um, because cause God, I, we have to understand that God is not the author That's right. of heartache and suffering. But he does allow it in the in the confines of a larger and more perfect plan in your life that you can't see right now. You can't see it, but he knows what it is. Yeah. Stick with us. Don't <laughs> shut it don't off right shut now. it off. I yeah. understand that's not an easy thing to hear in the middle of it. Mm-hmm.
1: But you also make a good point that's coming to mind too, Mel, thinking about original creation and how the Lord designed everything. If he designed it, for us to live where there is no pain there is no sickness there is no heartache there is no suffering why would he then turn Mm -hmm. and start authoring it he doesn't change his mind no he is unchanging (gasps) the word says he does not change he is the same yesterday today and tomorrow so why would suddenly he's like well let's just do plan B and I'm just going to start writing this into my do you know what I mean I'm Mm going to just start creating or authoring these things Mm -hmm. he does allow them Mm -hmm. and that is kind of the next point that we want to hit on and land on for a little bit this is even the morning as we were kind of preparing to come in and and to record i'm like lord that's that's still a hard one for me that's Mm -hmm, still a hard mm -hmm. place um to know that you know whatever heartache that we are wrestling with it's because the sovereign but loving god has Mm -hmm. allowed it so the reality is here we go y'all is that nothing comes into my life or into your life or into this world without god's permission yep That's a hard one, especially when you're faced with it. God gave permission for my daughter to be diagnosed with some things. Mm -hmm. He gave permission for the hard things that we walk through. But I love, because as I was praying about it, I'm like, Lord, this is still a hard one. And that's when he was even reminding me of just the story of Job. He goes, there's a reason that's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's a hard one. Mm -hmm. We often kind of want to just kind of keep reading. And, you know, I just don't want to Job. You know what I mean? But the reality is, is that when Satan came to God and and ask for permission Mm -hmm. to mess with Job. God gives permission, but he also gave parameters around it. When you look, he gave parameters. He said, this is the things that you cannot touch. And when Job did not break, and when he did not turn away from God, Satan comes back and says, I want to push him more. God continued to allow that with different parameters, but still would not allow. He still continued to put parameters around what that looked like. Mm -hmm. And so he, God said, I'll expand those parameters. But here are the new ones and you can't go beyond those. And yep. so even though the enemy in this season in time, we know that there is a promise of what is to come. And when you look in Revelation, it already says what Satan's outcome will be. And there, so there is already a promise of what's going to go down for him. But that, There's an understanding that there are reins that are always placed on the enemy. And so one of my favorite quotes even of all all of this is that Satan might be a lion seeking someone to devour, but he is always on a leash. Mm Mm-hmm. He may be seeking us and he may be attempting to devour us, but he is always on a leash. And so God is still in control. He is allowing some hard things to happen, but there is a beginning to the end. And I just have to say, even just this last week, I was actually just yesterday, I was like, okay, I was talking with my daughter. And I said, we're getting ready to do this podcast on heartache and suffering. Are you okay if I share a little bit of your story here and there as the Lord leads? I said, I won't share a lot of details. She said, that's fine, mom. She goes, you know, the last week or so we've had to do some new medications and some things. She goes, mom, and it's bringing up some, a lot of the hard memories of the past and some things of when this whole journey started. She goes, but you know what I know is true? I said, what babe? She goes, I know that God allowed this because he has a bigger picture and there's a bigger purpose and I know there's going to be some things that I can do because of what i I've walked through that I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And it it gets me a little tearful because I I look at my 13-year-old and I think, Lord, the fact that she has that revelation about this place of suffering in her very young life and this difficult place, the fact that she has grasped the fact that, yes, you allowed this, and that's hard, and we've had to really pray into that and ask those hard questions, but understanding that there is a bigger purpose that she doesn't even fully see yet, but she understands and knows that because you are who you say you are, you've allowed this, but there's a purpose to it, and you have a bigger picture behind this and she's just trusting that Mm -hmm. and so for whatever that's worth for our listeners I just encourage you to continue pressing into that it's not a pretty thing we get that but there is that place of understanding that he's allowing it Mm -hmm. and that's hard but there's a bigger purpose Mm -hmm. and that the enemy still has parameters around him he is on a leash well and you know I think the next obvious question then is like
0: why? Why? Why mm-hmm. is he allowing it? Why, if he doesn't want it, then why does he allow it? Right. Um, and we aren't going to pretend like we've got the answers right. to that. And I just want to go back to what we talked about earlier. Getting all the answers to these questions is not going to mend the hole in your That's blankets. Right. Um, but there is one thing that I believe is true universally for all people, and that is. That Well, so I remember one day, again, I talked about how this book by Jennifer Rothschild is kind of a little bit of a kick in the seat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there's a specific pastor that I really love um, who speaks at the Village Church in the the Dallas-Fort Worth area. His name is Matt Chandler. He's always been one of my favorite uh, teachers, and um, he's one of those people that like it, go listen to him if you want to get a little bit of a gentle punch <laughs> in the face. Like it's good, it's so good, but you got to be ready. Like, right? You got, like he's not going to like hold back Mm-mm. on truth. And so I remember one day being like, I need a I need a punch in the face from Matt Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: need a Holy Spirit punch. In the face. <laughs>
0: um, and he has a sermon and it's from December 31st of 2017 this is so if you go on to the Village Church sermons they have a podcast for that and it's December 31st, 2017, the title of the sermon was called He Never Changes, yeah. and I remember when I saw the title, I was like, yep, that's the one, and as I listened to it, he talks about James one seventeen, which is a pretty well-known scripture that says, every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, and so he talked about how our culture is taught. That what is good and perfect, what is a good and perfect gift for me is something that is immediately lifts any sort of pain or difficulty or sorrow, or it's the immediate experience of pleasure without cost or consequence. Mm-hmm. And so we're taught by our culture that a good gift is anything that removes pain right, and gives me pleasure, right? And I love it because this is how he talks. He's like, the only problem with that is experience, history, And the Bible all disagree (laughs) with that. And so as someone who is a believer and a follower of Christ, I believe that the best gift that God can give me is not only to be reconciled to him through Christ, but also to abide and dwell in his presence. That is the best gift that I can be given is an opportunity to dwell more fully in his presence. And if that is true then that means that anything that happens in my life that moves the needle in that direction Mm -hmm. to abide more deeply in his presence is the thing that I need the most. Yeah. Mm. Let that settle (laughs) in for a second because that is where the rubber meets the road. If I I have to ask myself, do I believe that the best
1: gift God can give me is his presence? Mm -hmm. Is it something that leads me closer to him? And if that comes in a package of suffering... In difficulty, is that still a good gift? Mm-hmm. Because it's not measured in comfort. Mm-hmm. It's not measured in how good I feel. Mm-hmm. It's measured sometimes in suffering and pain. Yep.
0: And, and it's, again, not to say that the gift is something he caused. That's right. The gift is that he allowed it. Because this side of heaven, we aren't fully experiencing his presence as we will in heaven. That's right. And so whatever I can allow that lets you to experience more of my presence,
1: it's a good, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you look at James one seventeen, just that scripture, mm-hmm. it's right smack dab in the middle of a chapter about the good gift of difficulty and the good gift of suffering. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to know, and I will reiterate, it's important for us to know, not popular Mm -hmm. for us to know that sometimes, like you said, Mel, the best gift is that God allows that difficulty, that loss, that diagnosis, that difficult place to invade our human experience so that we can be drawn closer to him. And there's just that reality of understanding that he cares enough to allow me to struggle, to allow you to struggle, to allow listeners to struggle, to allow Mm -hmm. my daughter to struggle Mm -hmm. in order to find a deeper understanding of his purposes for me and a deeper connection to his heart. And so the reality is that his power, ultimately, this is another hard point, but it's truth. His power is capable of shifting these things. His power is capable of fixing our hard situation. He could come in and fix yeah. it, yeah. but his authority and his ability to see way further than I can see does not deem it as best. Mm-hmm. And so there is that place, even as a good father that he says, you know what, I can see where this will go. Even as my daughter was sharing, even yesterday, she understands there's a bigger picture to this and it's sucky sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it's hard, and it's uncomfortable, and there's such a loss and difficulty for whatever the story may be for us or for our listeners, but if we can begin to get a higher perspective of what God is doing, that's only going to come from asking the hard questions and going through it and sitting in his presence, we will come to understand that, wow, this could actually be seen as a good gift. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. We get it, but we want to make sure in this time that we're presenting truth to you for you to really chew on and go, Lord, I. what would it look like for me to see this loss as a good gift? Because it is drawing me closer to you.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I know. And, you know, I, I know, like, I think I was even being told some of these things when I was in the darkest days after our miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't know if this is going to do that. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to push me closer to him. I don't know. if the, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. right now, I'm nowhere near that experience. I can say months later now yeah, yeah that I did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do a lot to make that happen that's right i leaned in god told me over and over like your job is to lean in and next week we're going to talk a lot about like what do i do mm-hmm. what am i supposed to do when i'm walking through this but I, I just kept leaning in even when i was angry and kicking and screaming like i leaned in and he did it mm-hmm. and i can say without a doubt today i know him i understand him i understand his power i love him more yeah. Mm-hmm. so it's a good gift um I couldn't have said that in the middle of it, no. but I can on the backside of it. And so I just encourage you, no matter where you are on that journey, to know that that's true. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I think one more last scripture before we close today. Um, Matthew 7 talks about, um, you know, it's that scripture that says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And again, right. we got to go back and remember what good means mm-hmm. and not fall for what culture tells us good is. Um, but to understand that our our dad... In yeah. heaven is good. And I'll tell you the day this happened, when we found out, I was like, "You, were, how is this being a good daddy? Mm-hmm. How? That's so I true. understand debating that in the middle of it. But what's true is that our father is good and we don't ask him for bread to receive stones instead. But the question that we leave you with is, can we consider that the pain or the answers to our prayer that we don't really like could be the greater gift and what he allows in our lives is for a deeper purpose? And so even if it feels like what he's given you is snakes, Mm. could we see it as a stone or could we see it as bread disguised as a snake? And so if it feels like snakes and stones, could we treat it like the fish and bread that it is, Mm -hmm. that it actually is? Um, And so... The final quote that I want to leave today is just one that actually came from that Matt Chandler sermon that I was like, oh, no, this one's, this one's a framer. <laughs> like, right. I want to keep this one in front <laughs> of me. And it's a Charles Spurgeon quote, and it's just powerful. He said, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages.
1: Say that one more time.
0: <laughs> I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Mm. And I mean to get to that place may be a little bit of a journey. But on the back end, if you've pressed in and you've let him do his work, I believe that you will be able to ultimately say... I've learned to kiss the wave and I've, and I can, I can honestly say that on the back end of the heartache that we've suffered through losing a baby, I can say I can kiss that wave because I understand him. I know him. I love him more than I ever have before. Mm-hmm. And I know that the good news is that my baby's in heaven. That's right. Nothing bad happened to the baby. That's right. He's having a good old time, <laughs> right? And, and, and now I've experienced God in a new and
1: powerful way in my own life. So this is good. hmm well with that we wanna make sure that we give some practical takeaway because we acknowledge that we've hit on some hard things. I'm sure that your brain at this point is really, really stirring. Whether you're in a season of suffering and heartache or if you just know people. Because mm-hmm. right now I look at my life and we're doing all right, but I know a lot mm-hmm. of people that I'm praying for and I'm really trying to intercede for and going, Okay, Lord, how do I practically meet their needs? Whether it's a meal, whether it's popping them a text, whether it's picking up their kids so they can get a date night, whatever it may be. How how do I support? And so a practic- a couple practical things to keep in mind is specifically if you are in a season of suffering is to get in the word and mm-hmm. to really look up some scriptures like the ones we- we've mentioned today. And as Melissa said, you may look at those and go, those are great. I don't feel those right now. Yep. But here's the beauty of our feelings. They have a place, but they don't get to fully lead out. Truth leads out. And yep. what you find is your feelings follow. And so even if you find one scripture that you feel like, is palpable. Like you're, I, I can take that one mm-hmm. and have it in front of me, even if it's just one. And like the one that you said, Mel, that was so meaningful for you is that he writes us on the palm of his hands. That was one that you're like, I can go with that. Some of these other ones just felt harder. So I encourage listeners to go get in the Word, find even one or two scriptures that you feel like, yes, the Lord is speaking to me through that, and get them up around you. Have them on cards around your house, have them in your purse, put them in your car. Just have those around you that you're able to meditate on and to really be taking in truth because specifically if you are in a season of suffering you better believe the enemy mm. is all out trying to bring as mm. many lies as he can and so even if it's one scripture that is you putting up that wall of defense against the things mm-hmm. that he's trying to bring in we want to also just encourage you to search out the challenges that you're having with him at a heart level mm-hmm. that you're really getting honest with him that you're identifying the lies that you're bending place and that place of truth and being in truth, but really allowing him a space to speak to you. And that Mm -hmm. will look different for everyone. That may be a picture. It may be a confirmation. It may be a text from your pastor's wife. You never know how, but when you give him permission and you simply lean in and you simply show up, you don't have to have this all figured out. He will meet you because he's faithful and Mm -hmm. he's good. And I want to just really encourage you to be honest with your challenges, honest with the concerns, with God, with others, find that core group of people that can handle it, that are able just to sit and be quiet. They don't have to have all the answers. Sometimes there's such a power in just having someone present with Mm -hmm. you, knowing that they are there and that they're hearing you and able to take in what you have to say. And I feel like the last thing I would encourage as we get ready to wrap up is to be on the lookout, to be on the lookout for the ways that the Lord is showing up. Because on the back end, when you're able to kiss that wave and when you're able to go, man, this is actually a gift. I see that the Lord allowed this for good things in my life. You will be able to look back and see all of these road markers and moments and conversations or things that he did, the ways that he showed up, the ways that you experienced him, that in the moment were powerful, but when they begin to build up to a full overcoming place, it's really, really powerful.
0: So Jen, those are all super helpful, Mm -hmm. practical tips. And I just want to remind... Uh, listeners, I think I mentioned this earlier, but right. next week is going to be all about practicality. Yeah. Like give me some tangible things that I can do in the middle of heartache and suffering that help me to lean into the Lord. And so that's really what we're spending next week on. So we hope that you'll
1: join us then. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you'd like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us at at com. And if you're enjoying Mercy Talk, be sure that you go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review.
0: We also want to remind you that Mercy Multiplied and Mercy Talk are funded solely by donors, and we are so thankful for the support of so many people all over the country and even the world. So please consider supporting this free programming by giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us next week.